Welcome to the Pink Cast, the Pink Elephant podcast series dedicated to leading the way in IT best practices. Hi, my name is Bill Irvin, an executive consultant with Pink Elephant, and welcome to today's podcast on ITIL communications planning. In today's session, we'll be reviewing the reasons why you need an ITIL communications plan and highlighting the main components of the campaign with some recommendations on implementation. We're often told that we're all in sales, selling IT to our customers, selling new projects to the board, and selling best practice IT management to our employees. Selling your ITIL initiative internally is no different, and should be thought of as a prerequisite to the success of the overall program. We've invested a lot in our program development, the development of our procedures, our new process flows, our new tools. It'd be a shame to see those go to waste by not bringing on board the rest of the organization with some effective communications. Transforming the way people work within IT and improving the customers' perceptions of IT will require a cultural change, and this transformation won't happen without increased awareness and knowledge of the new way of doing business. So why do we need a communications and awareness plan? Well, we're all creatures of habit and get used to doing things a certain way. There'll be many changes associated with the ITIL initiative that must replace the entrenched methods with the new processes, procedures and work instructions that will be required to affect the improvements associated with the ITIL initiative. Dr. Cotter, a Harvard professor, did some research on leading change, and in his program, Step 4 indicated that to lead a successful program, you need to communicate the vision, and that the real power of a vision is only unleashed when those involved in the enterprise or activity have a common understanding of its goals and direction. While we obviously need to inform the constituents about the ITIL program, we also need to make sure that we establish a two-way communication flow to obtain feedback on how the program is actually working. The main discussion for today's podcast will focus on the components of the communications plan. I'll step through each section of the plan and highlight the major activities to be completed to create an effective awareness campaign. The introduction section defines the overall objective of the communications plan. Like any plan, details are required as to what will be achieved, including the actions, the people involved, the methods to be used, and the time frames required. The next section is the awareness campaign, which is a subcomponent of the overall communications plan. This campaign emphasizes the fresh start that IT will be making. It helps to generate a sense of trust in the new processes and embeds a sense of best practice within the responsible support teams. The awareness process involves analysing the current communication structure and culture and identifying who needs to be communicated with as specific target groups. What's the best way to reach them? What benefits and communications goals are there that are specific for each of those groups? An example of this may be to communicate with your customers through some lunch and learns regarding the new service desk and the benefits that the new service desk will offer. And through those communications, making sure that one of the goals to be met is that customers avoid bypassing the service desk and going directly to level 2 support people. The campaign also includes how you're going to communicate with the customer constituents as a whole, such as staff meetings, lunch and learns, town hall meetings, program status reports. Typical ones also are email, the intranet, support website, One of our customers was particularly successful with a a poster campaign that changed on a weekly basis, uh, showing different stages of the ITIL implementation and what was happening this week. 
As with all plans and campaigns, it's important that the metrics are defined that will measure the success of the overall communications program, evaluating the effect and enabling you to adjust the strategy accordingly. The current situation section of the plan details who has the communication responsibilities of today's organization. What are the media that are utilized today? Are newsletters, email, posters, things that work within your organization? Who can assist you with corporate communications? Who's responsible for that today? This section generally includes three subsections, one related to the vision goals and objectives, one related to critical success factors, and also the issues and risks associated with the overall campaign. Under the visions, goals and objectives section, it gives you an opportunity to let people know why you're actually doing ITIL. Defining the reasons in terms that everyone can understand and painting a picture of how it will look and feel in the future. What will be better in the future once ITIL is fully implemented? The subsection of critical success factors should list out what you feel are the critical factors for your program and what your expectations are as to what a positive result would be. Some examples of this are maybe the service catalogue being defined describing all of the planned services that are agreed by the business users and being referenced by the IT personnel and customers. The fact that skills are increasing, that IT personnel are, are increasing their knowledge of ITIL and the new corporate processes that are being adopted based on the new framework. Or that the new support tools are being utilised consistently in conjunction with the new processes and new service definitions. The Issues and Risks subsection is your opportunity to be candid and to list out what you perceive to be the risks associated with the program and what can be done to avoid the potential issues. Some of the issues and risks we see in customer sites are cultural acceptance of the the new ITIL environment, uh, whether the service desk is going to be ready for the new consolidated workload that's going to be thrown at them. In some cases, users have established a practice of circumventing the established processes and we need to get those folks on board. When you're implementing some of the processes, but not all of the processes, there's there's also a risk related to some of those that are still under development, some integrated process components that aren't in place yet. Defining these potential issues up front gives you a chance to bring them to the attention of the senior management and come up with some countermeasures to address those risks head on. The Communicating the Change section of the plan deals with the resources you will need to make it all happen. We've already talked about some of the methods for getting your message out there, but you also need to put a team together. Who are going to be the best people to deliver this message to the different audiences? Try and identify the folks in the organization that have influence with their peers. Who are the people that are most enthusiastic about the changes? Make sure they're the ones passing on the communication as that enthusiasm will come across in their delivery. Word of mouth shouldn't be overlooked also as an important method of communication, sometimes better than formal communications, where people can pass on the advantages of the new ITIL program in a a less formal setting, helping to convert some of those people out there that are maybe resistant to at least be neutral and open to the concept of the new ITIL environment. For the changes to be effective, the new terminology and common language that will be used in the future should be defined and compared against the existing definitions. For instance, defining the differences between an incident and a problem, or defining the use of impact and urgency rather than severity to come up with an overall priority scheme. Putting these in a glossary section or an IT terminology section of the overall plan will give people a better understanding of some of the new terms that are being used. Again, back to the poster campaign, fix the incident, not the problem 
helps people to remember that there are different approaches to incidents and problems. In the communications goals and metrics section of the plan, you need to list out the target groups within your organization. Who needs to know about and support the changes? Who are the different groups? For instance, senior management, the service desk, the support groups, the business customers, the business users. This section deals with defining the goals you want to communicate to each of those groups, remembering that each group will have a different impression of the benefits of the program for them, and that you may have different expectations of the role that you expect each group member will play. So for each group, you need to document the goals, the key messages, and the metrics that will confirm that your strategy is actually working. It's now time to define the communication strategy itself. In this section, give a general overview of how you plan to communicate, addressing both the content with the need to address the attitudes and the behaviours that will ensure the buy-in from the organisation as a whole. Each of your target groups will potentially require a different approach and alternative media to reach them effectively. Some people benefit from face-to-face discussions, whereas some others prefer email. You've got to work out for each target group which is the best media to reach them. But also within the overall campaign... Mix it up a little, don't just rely on one type of media. This strategy section also deals with how you're going to design your planned interactions. There's going to be a need for presentations, product demonstrations, how you're going to handle Q&A sessions, what handouts are you going to give, giving process overviews, implementation plan outlines, those kind of things. One of the key needs of the overall plan will be support for workshops workshops on how the new processes will work, workshops to train users on the on the new tools. Again, these need to be tailored for each of the target groups. For instance, the service desk will need more in-depth tool training than, say, the occasional level two users. The business customers uh, will need training on how the self-help interface works. And some of these processes that are being implemented will only affect certain groups. So they need focused workshop time on the processes that are of the biggest benefit to them and the ones that they will use the most. For communications to be effective, they need to be multi-phased. You need to tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and tell them what you told them. You should develop a three-phase approach consisting of pre-launch to prepare for the communications content, performing the initial launch with methods for capturing feedback from those that have been communicated to, and then having an ongoing communications plan with adjustments based on that feedback. The last section of the plan is the post-project evaluation. This is your chance to work out whether the communications plan has been effective overall. Did we achieve the overall communication project objectives? Did the strategy work with regards to getting communication across related to specific goals? Did the timing and the costing of the overall project work out successfully? And what overall lessons learned were there? So to conclude our session today, I'd like to give some general recommendations for when you develop your communications plan. Remember to keep it simple and eliminate jargon and geek speak wherever possible, especially when dealing with customer communications. Use metaphors, analogies and examples, catchy phrases that will help people tie in with the program message. Pictures are also worth a thousand words. Visuals can be great reminders, and using those within poster campaigns can really help get that message across. Remember to use multiple forums when doing your communication. You can have formal communication sessions by the ITIL program team. You can have informal drop-ins to existing staff meetings where you're a a small item on their overall agenda. 
there are different places and different opportunities for you to do that communication. Remember to repeat that communication as often as possible. There's never a fear of over-communicating. If you think of a TV ad campaign, uh, it's said that we need to have seen an ad 10 times before we remember the product name. If you have a marketing department within your organization, it's a great idea to get them involved. They have experience of how to get messaging across, and it could give your overall program that professional edge. Make sure that your management team and your ITIL program team lead by example. They have a great opportunity to be role models in this situation and help by walking the talk, and in any situation, to get that message across on your behalf using the word-of-mouth type communications approach. And finally, you need a plan for the overall program, for the overall ITIL initiative as it's going to be implemented across the organization. But you probably also need a sub-plan for each of the key process changes that you're implementing. Whenever a major component part of a process is being implemented, it's an opportunity for you to develop a specific communications message for that process change. The session today has been based on a Pink Elephant communications plan template. This and other program management documentation are part of Pink Elephant's intellectual capital, which is included in our Atlas product, a web-hosted ITSM knowledge repository, also known as Pink Elephant's consultant in a box. You can find out more information about Atlas at www.pinkelephant.com. Thank you for listening to the Pinkcast today. I hope you found it useful and interesting. And please explore the member area of our website, also at pinkelephant.com, for additional Pinkcast topics and other valuable white papers.